Well, good morning and welcome to Bloomer Baptist Church. Thank you for tuning in with us this morning, for showing up to worship the Lord in body, spirit, and truth, to worship the Lord with reading His Word, studying His Word, with prayer, and with fellowshipping together and worshiping together. What a great day it is. What a beautiful day it is. We started a series titled Welcome to Church roughly 12 weeks ago. And in this series, we talked about some of the things we do as Christ's church and in the church. Such things as communion, as service, as worship, as membership, and financial giving, and prayer. And then for the last several weeks, outreach and evangelism. And within this, we have been looking to our testimonies, our stories. I hope by now you have all discovered or remembered with great excitement our stories, your story. What is next? Well, I can tell you this. We are not done yet. No, we are most definitely not done yet. There is more to evangelism than making converts, discovering and sharing your stories. We must make disciples, baptize and teach them to obey the ways of Christ. Matthew 28, 19 to 20 states, Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. Today we have the great joy in witnessing two baptisms. I hope that this will be the start of a revival. I hope to see more great stories of newfound salvation, and I hope to see more baptisms to follow in the near future as well. With knowing we are having baptisms today, I thought it appropriate to spend time on this topic Please open a Bible to Acts chapter 8, verse 26 to 40. And I will continue to talk as you do so. Acts, 20, Acts chapter 8, 26 to 40. Acts 8, 26 to 40. We as Baptists believe in two ordinances in Christ's church. But unfortunately, far too often, only one is practiced in one's life. The Lord's Supper, communion, is the first ordinance of Christ. We at Bloomer Baptist do this regularly the first Sunday of each month. But what's the second ordinance? Baptism. Jesus himself told his apostles to go out and make disciples, baptizing them. Baptizing them. Yes, I said that twice. Baptism is part of making disciples. We so often make believers. But do we truly make disciples? And do we believe? Do we baptize? Have you been baptized? Do we teach to obey his commands? Baptism is an ordinance, and Jesus illustrated it himself for us, too. We see it in scripture. When are you to practice this baptism? Why be baptized? Who is this for? How is it to be done? Well, in the early church, baptism was by immersion. And was administered to people who grasped the gospel, repented of their sins, and believed in Jesus Christ for salvation as Lord. There was no waiting period. One was saved and was baptized. In fact, Acts 2.41 says, those who accepted his message were baptized. They would do this in obedience to Christ and as an act of professing what they now believed in and would follow for life. Christ. In Acts 2. 
37 to 38, after Peter preaching a powerful sermon of our crucified Lord, the people were convicted. And having such conviction, said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? And Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins. Again, baptism is an ordinance of Christ, illustrated in Christ's life, but also we see it instructed by his apostles. And we should still do this today as well. Baptism is for all who repent and follow Christ as Lord and Savior. Baptism is for all who can make the decision of their own accord. So no, I do not believe that scripture teaches us to do infant baptisms. Child dedication is for parents of infants or small children. That is something different. Let's now look deeper to baptism. Let's read Acts 8, 26 to 40. Was hopefully leaving some time for a couple baptisms at the end. Acts 8, 26 to 40 is a great story of God using Philip to witness to an Ethiopian eunuch. Baptize him and then disappear. Yes, disappear. Let's read on. I hope you have a Bible in front of you. Because I can't guarantee I'll keep up with it on the screen. Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip... Go south to the road, there's two roads, but go to the road, the desert road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. Philip was doing great work for the Lord, making new converts for Christ, preaching the gospel. Things were good. And all of a sudden, he is told to leave all this great work and go along the desert road to visit an outsider. Again, there's two roads they could have taken, but God tells him to take the less traveled route, the desert road. One might think this was Satan luring him away from the good things he was doing for God's kingdom. But no, it was God's will and Philip would follow the instructions even if it involved a hard and less traveled road. Sometimes God calls us away from great things to do hard things. And in those hard things, great things do still come to be. One pastor states, leaving fruitful ministry to go to a desert is foolish from man's perspective. But wise... If instructed by God. We must be careful in trying to view things from our own eyes and our own values. And instead realize that God sees a big picture when all we can see is this small one. We must also be careful to place value on numbers. God cared just as much about the salvation and baptism of this one Ethiopian. Ethiopian an outsider. A traveler. As the crowds Philip had been preaching to. Let's read on. Verse 27 says. For some reason my scripture is all messed up. Verse 27 says. And he. And he. Started out. So he started out. Philip left to follow God's instructions. And on his way he met an Ethiopian eunuch. Now, this is an important official in charge of all the treasure of Candace, queen of the Ethiopians. This is an important detail. And scripture says that this man had gone to Jerusalem to worship. Probably was not allowed into the temple. And on his way home was sitting in his chariot reading the book of Isaiah, the prophet. Now, this man was hungry for God's word. This manuscript would not have been cheap. And he could not even understand it. But he bought it and was putting forth great effort to read it, to study it. And God would deliver him to just the right word 
and the right person. The Spirit told Philip in verse 29, go to that chariot and stay near it. Then Philip ran up to the chariot and heard the man reading Isaiah the prophet. Do you understand what you're reading? Philip says. Philip did not miss a beat. How many opportunities do we miss? Maybe somebody asks you, wow, I can't believe what's happening in the world today. Can you believe it? And you can say, yes, I actually can. Because God's word tells us that the days will be filled with evil. God's word tells us what's going to happen. But it also tells us that we have hope. Philip did not miss a beat. How about you? Verse 31, this Ethiopian says, well, how can I? How can I understand this, he said, unless someone explained it to me? All of those without the Holy Spirit lack this understanding that we have. This is also a hard section of Scripture, which even those in the temple of the day struggled to understand. God wills his people to come and explain the gospel to others, to make disciples, to teach, and to baptize, as you'll see. So he invited Philip, Philip to come up and sit with him. The eunuch was reading this passage of scripture from Isaiah. He was led like a sheep to slaughter and as a lamb before the shearer is silent. So he did not open his mouth. In his humiliation, he was deprived of justice. Who can speak of his descendants? For his life was taken from the earth. The eunuch asked Philip, tell me please. Who is the prophet talking about? Himself or someone else? And then Philip, again, not missing a beat, Philip began with that very passage of scripture and told him the good news about Jesus. There's much which could be explained. But what mattered most was that this man knew the good news of Jesus and his work for salvation from sin. You ever focus too much on explaining things which do not matter or matter later, not now? Philip knew of all the things he could explain and bring understanding to, what mattered most was that he understood Jesus. Sometimes we need to stop the debating, stop the in-depth theological debates, and just go back to Jesus. Make sure they have understanding of him. Make sure they have the Holy Spirit within them. Verse 26 says, as they traveled along the road, now they came to some water, and the eunuch said, look, here is water. Why shouldn't I be baptized? Apparently, this man came to know the Lord Jesus as, as the Savior that day. Philip helped bring understanding to what this meant. Understanding of the obedience he should have in Christ and following after him as well. And this man doesn't miss a beat either. This man says, look, there's water. There's water. Let's be baptized. Let's do it now. Let's not wait. I don't want to wait. I'm excited. I need to follow Jesus. And he gave orders to stop the chariot. Then both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water and Philip baptized him. Notice the eunuch went down into the water and Philip baptized him. Then when they came up, 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 out of the water, the spirit of the Lord suddenly took Philip away. His job was done. And the eunuch did not see him again, but went on his way rejoicing. The Lord wills baptism to happen. He delivered Philip to this man to be sure that it would happen here. And then delivered him away once completed. God desires all those who, baptize, who believe and follow Christ as Lord to obediently be baptized. Be taught his ways. Follow for eternity. 
and go. Spread the news. There's more to making disciples than just sharing your story. The Ethiopian and others are shown nearly immediately after conversion being baptized. Furthermore, baptism is going into, down, under, coming out of the water. Immersion. Not sprinkling, not pouring over one's head. That's not the example we see. Unless possibly due to a medical condition preventing full immersion. Maybe then it's allowed. Matthew 3.16 shows us how Jesus was baptized. Jesus himself is said to have come up out of the water. The word baptize, baptizo in Greek literally means to be immersed in and underwater. As you go into the water, there's a lot of symbolism. But first, but first I want it known that although in, although in obedience in an ordinance... One must still recognize that this comes after salvation. It's a sign of your salvation. Okay, the symbolism. The water symbolizes new life, old life and sin washed away. Furthermore, going into the water and coming up symbolizes us dying and raising to new life. We're reminded that just as Christ died, was buried, and rose from the grave, providing life and salvation from sin. We die to our old self, die to sin, and raise out of the water in the newness of life that he brings. Colossians 2.12 helps support this, saying, Having been buried with him in baptism, and raised with him through your face in the power of God, who raised him from the dead. There's so much more I want to say. But I am out of time. And speaking of time, at this time, those being baptized, please go get ready. Let's have some conclusion and application. We have a commitment to not just have a story, know your story, and share your story, but to be baptized and baptize others. Make disciples and teach. Have you been baptized? Those you have seen come to salvation in the Lord, have you challenged them to be baptized? It's part of making disciples. Yes, it is. You see, baptism publicly signifies to others our intent to walk with Christ. Let me say that again. Baptism publicly signifies to others our intent to walk with Christ. And it should be a moment of celebration that is, uh, that is also approached with thought and care. But not avoided. Consider remembering the day of your baptism each year and celebrating God's work in your life. It's never too late to remember that day and share with others of your experience. Rejoice in your experience just as the Ethiopian did that day. Baptism is a public profession of faith. Baptism does not make you a believer. No, it doesn't. It shows that you already are one. Baptism does not save you, only your faith in Christ does. Baptism is often referred to as believer's baptism. 
Ethiopians 2, 8 and 9 tells us, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves. It is a gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. In baptism, you're physically showing Christ your commitment to him, and you also profess to others he is Lord of your life. Satan has head knowledge, and believers in Christ... Satan has head knowledge. But as believers in Christ, we are to show Christ that we're committed to him physically, not just in our heads, and that we will follow him in his ways for our life. He is Lord, and we don't just believe, we follow. Jesus is Lord, and we don't just believe, we follow. Others also have a responsibility. Brothers and sisters in Christ have a responsibility to then keep you accountable. Lastly, the final challenge is to them. As I say this, make disciples, baptize, and teach. We are to keep one another accountable. Do you know someone who has been saved, even baptized, but needs held accountable? Meet with them. Challenge them to walk in obedience to Christ's commands and ways. Teach them. Study scripture and pray together. Let's close in prayer and song now. And then after prayer, after song, you can meet me in the fireside room for the baptism. I will be preparing to baptize my son. Praise the Lord.